Lads, this is same as Armaldi. This is a psychological confrontation here. They want to win the game line. They want to get over us. They want to stand to our carriers. Same as Maldi, same as Scrum. We don't let it happen, lads. It's an insult to us if they gain an inch here, a metre here. Welcome to this week's episode of Action Replay Extra Time Rugby Podcast. I'm Billy Keenan and I'm joined in studio by Jack O'Toole. Coming up, we have a derby weekend with Ulster Munster on Friday and Leinster Connacht on Saturday. Are you looking forward to this weekend's fixtures, Jack? Absolutely, yeah. It really is exciting and I'd be really interested for this in the Belfast game between Ulster and Munster. I think after last week's win over Glasgow, 14-man win really was resounding. I'm, I think one of the most interesting things is, you know, I remember I was talking to Marcus Horn about this a couple of weeks ago and he was just basically saying, you know, in years gone by when Munster would have had a defeat, you would have always expected a reaction. But with this Munster team, you might have not. Now, this was before the Rousing Metro game, so obviously this, with Anthony Foley's passing, that's completely changed everything yeah. from the club at the, the top down. Playing, playing squad being the obviously at the forefront of that. So I think with their probably the best performance I've seen from them in, in years, the only other, other one I can think that has come close to it recently was the, do you remember last year when they beat Stade Francais at, at Thoman Park? Yeah. Really comprehensive win. Um, really after coming off some, some losses to Leicester and, and Stade Francais. So I think that that was their best game at least in a year and possibly if not longer than that. And I'd be really interested to see what type of reaction they get up there from the second game, obviously, since uh, since Anthony's unfortunate passing. To lose even the year before that, mm. uh, I think that might have been a quarter final, and they went on to play to uh, Toulon. Yes, but I think Munster always perform extremely well when they've got nothing left to prove but the passion that they still have. Yes. So that that was a dead rubber match against Stade Francais, yet it was important to come out and show that they still actually care, yeah. that they still want to perform. So I think that's really important. The last last weekend's performance was just incredible. Yeah. Everything was done with such intensity and passion that has been so clearly lacking in Munster mm-hmm. for quite a while. Even in their early season form, when they were playing through those matches, there's still that bite missing. Yes. Now, I don't think anyone's expecting them to play like that for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. But if they can get to half of that, it would be incredible for Munster. Yeah, yeah, it would be. I think that's what you mentioned is that bite and grit in the defensive in the defensive line, really getting up and making a lot of those tackles. And just, I think it really had a, it had a trickle effect all the way down. Conor Murray is possibly, I'd say, pound for pound, the best player in that team. Um, but a lot of the times he's having to resort to box kicks, um, where I think just off the back, because their forward pack was so dominant, and and we've seen them really rumble. Not only at the the, the scrum where they got a set piece, they got sorry a a penalty try. Their line out, their their maul was really kind of making chewing up meters through the defensive line. And I think that really opened up a lot of things for not only Murray but Tyler Bladen. I was really able to play with some, I don't want to use a cliche, but go forward ball. He really was able to put a lot of his teammates and in uh, good positions and really attack the line with both hands so I think it's a 
I think it'll be really interesting now to see what type of response they get and if because that 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 also forward pack it probably is overshadowed by their back, but they do have some really good players there as well. So guys will be right up for it. So I can't imagine them. I don't know if they'll have the same domination against the Glasgow forward pack as they will up with Ulster, but it'll be. Um, I, I'm really looking forward to it, especially the back line because the Munster back line has been very suspect at certain at certain stages uh, throughout this season. Even against Leinster, we've seen it earlier on, and that Ulster back line is completely lethal. Yeah, the, the Ulster back line in particular. You mentioned Tyler Blyndall. Mm-hmm. He's been here two years now, and he barely has 20 appearances for Munster. Yes, in two years, it's incredible to see him actually back and fulfilling on the potential that. Rob Penny saw when he signed him. Yeah. That's when he arrived, when Rob Penny was still involved with Munster. Yeah. That's how long ago. Um, another player in that back line for Munster, you know, Jacko, Jacko Tate, mm-hmm. 13 for Munster. He's only here in a short-term contract. He'll yeah. be leaving soon. And it's hard to pick, it's hard after the last few weeks' performances, even against Leinster, he came off the bench. He was one of their better players. It's hard to see him leaving after such a short period of time. Yeah, well, obviously they're missing Saeeli as well. He's he's out with a long-term injury, and we've seen Earls kind of flirt between wing and outside centre before, but I agree, Tata was, was fantastic. And we even noticed it in that Leinster Munster game there two weeks ago, just noticing the difference in the, in the Munster back line once he came in. He really is a great support runner, and he gives them a real directness um, that really kind of straightens up their back line, and he's, he's got a great... Great back for holds as well. So he was he was great against Glasgow on the weekend. Really good against Leinster, and I think he's their, their long term option now at thirteen. Something he's looked really um, a real burst of acceleration and, and a good upper body strength as well. Which is I suppose Earls is, is always crafty and probably more relies on his footwork, which is probably more suited for the wing. But look, they won't have to worry about that problem. I think he's out now with a with a one game suspension. Yeah. So hopefully they'll be able to hold on to Jacko Tate because that partnership slightly could be quite special. Um, Charles Pieta is also playing at fullback against Munster. That's going to be something to to keep an eye on. But moving on to Leinster Connacht ahead of that game, how important is Aki and Delan's commitment to Connacht? Aki for three years signed on, Delan for two, because there were reports of the two of them leaving the province. Yeah, there was there was some there was some rumours about linking Ultimate Delan to Munster. Obviously, he's a Kerry native himself, so. Um, bit linking him back there, so that I, I kind of that was in the pipeline, wasn't really confirmed, was more speculation than anything. Um, so it's massive for them, yeah, it really is because I mean, Bundyaki not only he's probably been probably arguably he's probably the best player in Ireland last season. I'd say it would be fair to say it would be a fair summation, and probably I can imagine he would have been very sought after by a host of English and French clubs, if not a return to New Zealand rugby union. We had Richie McCall come out last year said he'd back up for the All Blacks. Yeah. So I mean, that endorsement is in New Zealand rugby is absolutely massive. But for for Irish rugby, I can imagine, yeah, I think with with Delan, I, I'd really think it's a it's, it's a great move um he probably would have i say he probably would have challenged for a starting spot there and there in munster especially given how old but billy holland is and and also uh Dunica ryan there leinster it's it's such a congested second row situation ulster obviously as well um with ian henderson so maybe that but i don't think he was ever linked up there so i think it's, it's great for the club to really keep him and i think it's it's He's been a great impact player off the bench over the last few years, especially for Ireland, and he's always seen we make some incredible strides there. And I think it's just getting that eighty-minute consistency where he can be as an impactful and explosive over that length of time. But he's definitely he's, he's a tremendous talent, and just someone that size to be that mobile, I think it's it's a really really rare combination. It's great to see Connacht holding on to the internationals. Can this Derby weekend? Can this be the final testing ground for Irish players ahead of their clash versus New Zealand? If you look at the competition in the back row, even in the front row. Um, fullback is a position that's possible in the air. Can they use this weekend to gain an advantage over their rivals within Ab- the Irish setup? 
Absolutely, absolutely. Um, there's going to be a number of, I suppose, one-on-one battles that you'll be looking directly out for, and I can think straight off the top of my head. I mean, Turner O'Halloran is probably going to be looking at that kind of 15 jersey. Um, and so as you know, you'll have Rob Carney there. He'll be trying to still stake his claim, be floating around it. Uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be a big it'll be a big cause for a lot of people. I suppose Joe Smith is probably I'd say at this stage he very much has an idea of a starting fifteen in his head. He's just going to be looking for I suppose confirmation of certain players. So I can imagine like we were talking briefly off air, Josh van der Fleer. This will really be a big case for him if he can um, if he comes in and has a really another consistently high performance. You think this will edge him into the probably that final spot in the contention for the number seven jersey? But it will be interesting to see just who. Who steps up and who doesn't? Because I think everyone knows, well, the Irish derbies are always the biggest games on, on the schedule anyway. I think just with that New Zealand game just around the corner, I think players will always kind of be on edge just knowing that they do need to have a big performance if they want to. Because realistically, I mean, everyone wants to play the All Blacks. They, it's, it's, you only get a handful of opportunities. And as, as maybe even now going into the future with them demanding, I think, what was it, £3 million fee? wherever they go maybe it could be even less yeah. um, chances to play against them so I do think given that given there's an Irish call up waiting just around the corner and given the fact it's uh, it's local derbies I think there'll be a lot of people with a lot of points to prove You mentioned Tiernan O'Halloran there mm-hmm. the Irish squad has been announced for November mm-hmm. Tiernan O'Halloran was not part of that November squad Yeah. so he is th- this game against Leinster is really really important for him to show that he has the electric pace, but that he also has that reliability yeah. that Rob Carney is, is in the squad for. Uh, what, for you, were there any interesting selections or omissions from that squad? Tommy O'Donnell was an interesting omission. I think that was that was kind of um, that was that was eye opening for me, to be honest. I thought he's he's had a, a decent season down at Ulster at Munster. Um, I know he's had he's had a couple of injury issues there in the in the mid and early rounds. Um, big selection for me was, was Billy Holland. I thought he was quite good. I thought he's been underrated for a long time in Irish rugby, so it was really great to see him get a nod. Uh, Keane Healy, obviously back in the squad. Um, I know he was he was selected there in the. In the summer tests, was yep. he involved in the summer tests? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting now. I know you're quite passionate about the Jack McGrath and yep. Keen Healy battle. I think I think we both in agreement that that McGrath will win that going forward. Um, he should win it. Yes, but the sheer presence of Keen Healy's name and the memories that come flooding in once the name is mentioned, I think is going to definitely jar that selection. Based on the last few years, Jack McGrath has been incredible mm. for Ireland and for Leinster one of the standout players for the last number of Six Nations campaigns. So without a doubt, Jack McGrath's in that. And you could probably say that out of the players who are picked, if Keane Healy continues his run of form, he's only going to get better. He's working his way into that jersey more and more. So McGrath and Keane Healy is probably, in terms of starting bench, their strongest pairing of loose head. And which is the stronger partnership? Releasing Keane Healy off the bench or releasing Jack McGrath off the bench. And yes. I think most people would agree that Keane Healy's explosiveness is far more useful coming off the bench than McGrath would be. I think McGrath, especially over the longer 50, 60 minutes, I think he really puts in a yeah. tremendous work effort. How many, how many games did he play for 80 minutes last season for Ireland? Yeah. International rugby. Yeah. Which for you, a prop. Yeah, which is extremely, extremely rare. The other ones I thought was really interesting was John Ryan, James Tracy, and finally Gary Ringrose. I think Ringrose... I think there was even a lot of clamouring in the last six, as far back as the Six Nations for him to be yeah. included. And he was, you know, he was the shock omission. I, I didn't think he was ready for the Six Nations no. for Ireland. And I'm, I'm still kind of sceptical if he's even ready now. Personally, I think the game he's going to get is Canada. He'll probably get a start there. Yeah. But um, he was he was great for Leinster on the weekend against Montpellier. He but really was. I still yeah. think he's he's 
quite raw. I still think he's got a, a, a way to go in terms of being the complete package because even last year, he, he didn't really carve out a consistent spot at outside centre. He was floated between the wing. This season, they've, Leo Golden seems to be very much reliant on him and Robbie Henshaw to... That's going to be their centre partnership of the future and they're making no bones about it. But I still think that there's a couple of handling errors. There's a couple of maybe lines where he could have zigged, where he could have zagged. He could have run an inside line instead of an overs line. So there's a couple of those, I think, little niches that he still has probably to try to figure out. And just in terms of provincial rugby, European rugby. So against the All Blacks, I'm not so sure yet. Yeah, I think the more time a player spends with Schmidt, the better. So mm. to have Guy Ringrose in that camp. Talking about two emissions, we spoke about this off air. Mike Ross... The 37-year-old who, who turns 37 in two months' time, he has started every match for Schmidt up until recently and he was actually rested because it was a, a bottom-tier nation. I think that's a very interesting selection or, or, or a mission for Mike Ross to be left out of the squad. Tight Furlong's probably the starting tight-up prop for, for Leinster. Another player, you've talked about Billy Holland, another player who is probably on the cusp and I hope he's been in contact with the national selectors is Andrew Brown yes. for Connacht. He's playing tight head lock uh, for Connacht, number five alongside Quinn Roo. And he's really taken over that mantle of, of Ali Muldowney in that link play. His hands are very soft and he's doing a very good job. And he's only taken over that responsibility this season. Mm-hmm. He, was, he wasn't even in that starting or on the bench last year with Quinn Roo, Ali Muldowney and Alden Delan only making up the three locks involved. So for him to come in this year and, and starting all of their big games, yes. performing very well, I think that if he keeps this up and, and keeps showing these little intricacies on top of his excellent line at work, he's strong in the air on restarts, he's physical, he's not the biggest of second rows, he's only six foot five mm-hmm. and 116 odd kilos. He's Heavy. not He's not a lightweight either. He's not a lightweight either. <laughs> so on that tight end side, I know Schmidt talked about it, he, he likes a big player, which is why Devin Tone is there. I mean, he's a big guy, he's a heavy guy as well. But I think if... If Andrew Brown continues on this path, you know, under the tutelage of, of Pat Lamb, he could be a serious uh, second row in, in a year or two. Yes. So I, I think he's, he's a name that people should keep an eye out on. The other one is obviously uh, obviously the Leinster duo of, of Luke McGrath and Joey Carberry. Involved in the Irish squad, yeah. yes. Uh, Joey Carberry, again, a player. I, you know, I wouldn't be mad about Joey Carberry being involved in Ireland straight away. I think he could. his time might be better spent starting for Lancer over this international window and even yeah. the Six Nations. But like we said earlier, the more time a player spends with Schmidt, the better he's going to be. Yeah, I, I don't think he's in any danger of really playing in any of the, any of the big tests. Yeah. And maybe, I think at most, I might be able to see him getting maybe that 22 jersey, 23 jersey on, on the bench against Canada. Yeah. Because I think realistically, he's only broke in basically against what was it, Treviso was his first start for the club. Yeah. No, he made his debut late last year. Um, towards the back end of the last season, but he's only really been in the squad for like five minutes. Yeah. Um, one of the most talented players, I think, going around in Irish rugby at the moment. Yeah. Just You can just see it. You can see it in him, just the way he runs, the way he attacks the line, his, his, his nose for, for finding gaps, his acceleration, his open field footwork. It's all... It's incredible. Like the full package is there, and I think he's he. I can really see him playing anywhere from ten, twelve, fifteen. I, I can see him being very comfortable there. Last year he played with Andy Wood at, at Clontarf from the AIL, and, and they basically used him defensively at fullback. They have him in, in. He, I mean, that's how important he was to them. He, he's played first receiver and attack, and he played a fullback in defence. And they just said, yeah, like the kids' counter attacking abilities are just. You know, off the charts, yeah. So, like, why wouldn't we use them in both positions to maximise our our attacking threat? So, I think that's great. And Luke McGrath, I think Conor Murray's really embedded himself as the number one 
scrum half and maybe what, maybe what Schmidt wants as well yeah, yeah yeah and and maybe even pretty much embedded himself in world rugby he's in that top three top four scrum halves yeah. in, in world rugby so there's no danger there of him going away anytime soon but i suppose that may be successor we i don't know if there's any real emerges the only two that i think would be it was kieran marmion but i don't think because because of the presence of owen redden over the last couple of years yeah. we haven't we've seen marmion while i think he's highly talented his his appearances and his actual his opportunity in the Irish setup has been somewhat limited and yep. um, we haven't really seen him establish himself as you know say TJ Paranara to Aaron Smith where it's it's he's the undisputed second choice yeah. fly half um, although in that situation it could be the number one choice fly half or uh, scrum half sorry Re- um, reasonable argument for that yeah 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 but I think uh, I, th- I think with oh, do you see we were just talking about uh, sorry Luke, Luke McGrath. McGrath Luke McGrath yeah I think he's got a real shot at probably establishing himself as maybe the second choice scrum half to Murray, but I do think it's going to be between, in the absence of Redden, that's going to be an interesting subplot, really for the rugby junkies, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, you know, who's the who's the number two uh, choice scrum half now? Yeah, I think you're dead right. There's definitely no undisputed number two. Mm. Uh, Conor Murray has set himself up. Just interesting talks about Owen Redden, and I haven't heard anything about it, but Owen Redden retired at the end of last year and, and left rugby, yet he was sitting on the bench for Leinster in their m- match against Montpellier. Was he? Yeah. Yeah, he was. Oh, in, I didn't he was, that. Yeah. So that that's something that we might have to find more about. He was uh, drafted in on on short notice. No, no, he he wasn't. Uh, he was just sitting on the bench. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, to- yeah. Togged out in full Leinster gear. Oh, okay. So maybe he maybe he's the, doing some maybe uh, some backs coaching maybe or may, something maybe. like that. Maybe. Um, he's a you know very intelligent player. So hopefully, um, very vocal. If you ever hear him on the player cam. Um, and just finally before we finish up, O'Brien's return from injury. O'Mahony's back and looking. Looking powerful again. Mm-hmm. Schmidt's contract extension, he's staying until 2019. The province's performances in Europe. Is Ireland in a good place ahead of their November internationals? Um, in a good place for Irish rugby, in a good place to topple the All Blacks. I don't I don't think so. I, I still think we're still in a transition. I thought we should have killed off the Springboks in South Africa. I thought we really had a chance there and we let it slip. I know it wasn't the strongest Irish uh, you know, team. There were, there were a number of injuries, as you said. No Sexton, no Matney, no O'Brien. A lot of casualties there. But I think there's it's it's a real transition period. I know last year was a, a transition, Six Nations. So I would finally like to see guys like Josh van der Flair really make that step up and really you know assert himself as Ireland's new number seven. I'd like to see Jack McGrath be the number one undisputed uh, loose head prop. You know, I think these are some things I'd like to see Ian Henderson really step up and, and continue his role in leadership. I know he's had he's been battling injuries for years now. Um so he's coming back. Uh he's been back for a couple of games now. So I'd like to see him really take another step forward and maybe even become somewhat of a leader. But once again, I think O'Matney, the one is interesting there just because he looked great on Glasgow, but you gotta you gotta maybe count how much of that was emotion because he'd only been back. He played twenty minutes against Sebrae the week before, he played forty minutes against Leinster and was very anonymous against Leinster, but was outstanding last week. So if we see that, Peter O'Matney, Ireland's in a great spot in their back row. Um, CJ Stander, another one, um, you know, made his debut last year in the Six Nations and really, I think he'll be unquestioned at, at six or eight. I think he's, he's too good to, you can pretty much book him in for a nine out of ten in every match. And then, yeah, there's there's, there's some interesting wrinkles. Um, the centre partnership, Hayne and, Payne and Henshaw, how's that going to grow? Is that going to continue to accelerate? And, of course, the back three, it's arguably the most the deepest position in, in Irish rugby at the moment. Um, will Rob Carney keep it on to it? I don't think so. Um, just on form, but I do think Simon Zebo might have really given Joe Schmidt something to think about. But the, So there's a lot of question marks. It'll be interesting to see just from a dynamic 
has, does he keep the same team that he's kept over maybe the last, the nucleus of the last three Six Nations, or does he blood more people in? Could could we finally see Ultimate Land make a start? Like, there's a lot of questions there that I think are, that I'm, I'm very intrigued to see how they're answered. Some definite interesting weeks ahead for Irish rugby. Jack, thanks very much. Billy, pleasure. Lads, this is same as our Maldi. This is a psychological confrontation here. They want to win the game, like. They want to get over us, they want to step their carriers. Same as Maldi, same as Scrum, we don't let it happen, lads. It's an insult for us to play a game. A big cheer, a beat here. Charlie,